the most important place is God just began to meet me himself. And he showed me how much he cared for me during that time. And this this sounds so cheesy, but I can't think of another way to say it. But, but I started to see that I had a friend in Jesus. I really did. And that I belonged with him. And there was a place for me at that table. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. Today, we are bringing you a story from Allie Grace Island, who actually lives in Troy, Alabama, but is sharing in the Auburn Opelika group because Ansley Hillier, who is their team leader, heard her story seven years ago and is friends with her and has remembered it all this time and decided that it was time for her to share in their live gathering. I'm so glad that Ansley asked Allie Grace to share because this is a story that everyone can relate to. It's about loneliness. It's about belonging, especially when you're moving to a new city. But One of the things, you know, that I just thought was so sweet is Allie Grace gets so emotional throughout her story. And I think she does that because she looks back on her story and sees where God met her in those moments. And it's just precious how she how she shares those emotions in the room as well. Before Allie Grace's story, Patreon insiders, we want to remind you we've got a special surprise for you this week. Amy Grody is talking with Jessica Roberts, who if you have done the Stories of Hope Bible study, you will remember that she is the first chapter of the Stories of Hope Bible study. And so Amy just visits with Jessica and talks about what she's been doing and how God's been working in her life lately. So if you're not a a member of Patreon, just simply scroll down in our show notes and click on the link or go to our website at storytellerslive.org. Here's Allie Grace. My name is Allie Grace Island, and this feels wild, (laughs) but I'm really excited and glad to be here. And I'm so thankful, Ansley, that you asked and encouraged me to do this. So I want to start out by saying I do know a lot of you in the room, which is awesome, but definitely not everybody. I am very much a regular, normal person. I am a working mom. I have been married to my husband for 10 years. We have a little boy who's five and a little girl who's almost three. My house is usually a mess. I am frequently late for things, even though I hate that. I struggle to exercise regularly, and I basically don't meal plan, so... That's how my nights go. I'm a mess. Occasionally, I lose my patience and raise my voice at my husband and children. So I just want to be up front at, uh, this is what you're getting with me, okay? This is why I loved her. Um, But all jokes aside, when I was thinking about this, preparing for this, I thought of all the ways that I am not qualified to speak about anything, but especially about spiritual things, because I still very much get it wrong more than I get it right. And so one day when I was driving, I just thought, I was thinking of all this stuff. And then I thought, well, isn't that the point? I'm not qualified, but Christ qualified me. So that's what I can talk about. Not not how great I am, but that he has worked in my life. And here's my notes so that I don't get completely lost. But long story short, I do want to talk about just a small part of my story, particularly about just loneliness and belonging and how God kind of worked in my heart through that. And so for a little background, lived here in Auburn, Opelika for several years. That's 
especially during the early years of my marriage, Cody and I, we met here, we got married here. This is where we first got connected to a church family as a couple. So First Pres was very instrumental in our life um, and a small group and just all of that. Um, looking back, I don't think I realized just how fortunate we were. That was such a sweet time that we had community. We felt connected. We had friends. We had a church we loved. I didn't realize what a blessing that was at the time. And we definitely, it was not perfect. We definitely had our fair share of early marriage struggles. But overall, when I look back, I think of our time here as a really, really sweet time. Then about seven-ish years ago now, I think, my husband decided to apply for a job that seemed just about perfect for him. It was kind of out of the blue, um, but when we saw it come, kind of pop up, it made sense for him to apply. We interviewed on the way down to the beach when I think we were going on a little trip with my family. So we interviewed on the way down. And then they called him that afternoon while we were at the beach and offered him the job. And so it was a whirlwind of a weekend. And it just seemed to make sense for us to say yes, even though it a pretty quick turnaround. So by the end of that weekend, interviewing on Friday, we said yes to a new job. And that job meant that we had to move. <laughs> so we had to move to Troy, Alabama. And I don't think that I had ever been to Troy, Alabama <laughs> when I said yes to all of this. And so I had never been there uh, before we decided we were going to move there. And we did not know a soul. That is the truth. So I was a little nervous, definitely, but I was mainly excited because I thought this would be an adventure, like sounds like fun. And yeah, I guess I just thought it wasn't, it would be so much, not so hard to build this community that we had again. I'm friendly, I'm outgoing, I can do this, no problem. But it was out, it was actually really hard and God had different plans for us during that time. So we moved. And um, Cody started his, his new job. He loved it. I found a job teaching math um, in the area, and I enjoyed that. We found land to buy that was a huge blessing and began working on our little small farm that we had dreamed about. So that was a huge blessing. We got pregnant with our first child. There were so many good things that were going on during this time. And, and God continued to really show us that this was where he wanted us. I look back on that and I'm so grateful that we really didn't doubt that Troy was where we were supposed to be, but that did not make it easy. <laughs> it was still very, very hard. The one thing that turned out to be kind of the big, huge, difficult thing was just community and finding our place there. We tried to find a church home and we visited all kinds of churches. We really tried to have an open mind and give lots of places a chance, but Week after week, it just nothing really sat right with us, and it was hard. There were some Sundays when we would go to places, and and literally no one would speak to us, and that is <laughs> that is hard. And we it made it to where I really didn't even want to try. I didn't want to try to go to any more places because it was just exhausting. And then many weekends I would cry on the way home, and then my poor husband, you know, didn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> He knew it was hard, but that was that added extra because it was just so hard for me. I felt really out of place, very, very alone. And so, of course, while we were struggling to find a church home, we struggled to make friends, just meet people in general outside of work. Um, and 
my husband is definitely a different personality, different relational needs than me. And so it was, it was hard for him, but it was incredibly hard for me because I am much more extroverted and, and I just, I think as a woman, sometimes just those female friendships are so important. So I was really struggling with the loneliness and belonging and the Lord began to bring up kind of some stuff in my heart that I think had been there for a long time and I hadn't ever really noticed before. And and mainly just that I placed so much of my value in other people, how they viewed me or what group I was attached to at the time, but that really validated me. That gave me some sort of sense of value when I had that. And when when that was kind of stripped away, I honestly feel like I had a bit of an identity crisis. <laughs> I, I, I did not know who I was. And so it started to make me feel like I was in middle school, which is embarrassing for me to even admit, but that's what it felt like. Kind of that like nowhere to sit in the lunchroom <laughs> feeling. That's that's what I felt. And it sucks. Probably not going to say that, but anyway. <laughs> I, and I had these lies that would go through my head of just, you know, you don't belong here or they don't really like you or maybe, you know, you talk too much or <laughs> too weird or whatever. All these lies. And it was just almost debilitating. And I would leave interactions with people, you know, was happened to be somewhere with people trying to make friends. I would leave those and then just be like overwhelmed with anxiety afterwards and just kind of obsessively running through my interactions and my thoughts of, you know, everything I said, every little conversation I had, and just so fearful of being rejected or so desperate for some kind of a connection. And it it was just kind of crushing. So I really began to struggle with anxiety in a way that I don't don't think I ever had before. I didn't know who I was. Um, I thought maybe I needed to change myself in some way or hide myself in some way. That way, maybe maybe I could like make some friends better. But I, I really didn't know what God was intending to do in my heart. During all of that, now looking back, I can see that like God really found me and cared for me in in three places. So in my husband with Cody and my counselor, and then ultimately just like in my relationship with, with God. So with in my marriage, I can see that God used that time to draw us closer together because we really, we had each other. He was my only friend in town for a while. And I learned to open up to him about some things that maybe I normally wouldn't have. And that was good. And he learned to listen um, to some of those things that maybe he he wouldn't have had to. Um, and we're definitely still working <laughs> working through some of those things. But Rachel reminded me when I was talking to her some about this, that like, even that is such a, such a blessing, <laughs> just to see how God worked through my marriage, which many seasons has not been easy, just because then I can't talk. That is one huge way that I can see that God used that time for his, for good and for his glory. The next thing is I started to go to a really good counselor. Thank you. She is wonderful. Her name is Delta and I just love her. So I had been to counseling before, but not really ever anything like this. We went back to the roots. I mean, we talked about family, childhood, you know, regrets, 
shame, all of it. And God really met me there in a very tangible way. Just so, so kind of him. But, and I also must say that, I mean, I came from, my mom is in the room. <laughs> I came from a really great family. I don't have a very like wild, messy story. I never, you know, I felt very loved. I felt very secure, but, but still for some reason, I had these issues of not feeling like I belonged. So they were there. And I am thankful that God began to bring them up so that I could work through them a little bit. Um, but the, the last place, um, that the most important place is God just began to meet me himself and he showed me how much he cared for me during that time. And this, this sounds so cheesy, but I can't think of another way to say it, but, but I started to see that I had a friend in Jesus. I really did. And that, you know, I, I belonged with him. There was a place for me at that table. And so God was so sweet to, to show me that in that time. And I feel like my heart started to heal. Okay, I got to quit because I don't want to be so shaky. Anyway, what I began to see during this time is just that this was not about Troy, me hating Troy. <laughs> this was not about, um, I'm sorry, Troy, you are wonderful. Um, it was not about that. And it was not about me not having any friends. It was, it was much deeper. It was about me and about God caring enough about me to bring up that junk so that I could deal with it and be more whole moving forward. I'm really thankful for that. And one of the big things he taught me is just that I cannot place my value in other people, which I knew in my head, but I think I was really beginning to feel it in my heart. And even my closest people, they're just people. <laughs> they will let you down just like I will let you down. Um, it's, it's too much pressure. We can't have a person be your everything, you know, a spouse, a friend, a parent, even a child. That's too much to ask for any one human person. And I also learned, and this was hard for me for some reason. I think I just, some part of me really wants everyone to like me and think I'm great. But I, I'm not meant to be friends with everyone. I'm really not. And that's okay. And even Jesus had his 12 and then his inner circle, Peter, James, and John that were his closest. And that's okay. Like Jesus was selective. And so I think what that taught me and was kind of a hard pill to swallow at first, but that, you know, if I don't click with someone or if it's not reciprocated in the way that I want it to be, that I can be okay with that. <laughs> I can't because my value is not there. I am, I am great, <laughs> but maybe I'm just not for them. Um, and that sounds silly, but that's just the truth. And so I think that's one big thing too, is that I can't place my value in other people. It's just too big of a burden for any person to bear. And then I, I'm also just it's impossible. You cannot be friends with everyone. I'm not made to click with everyone. And that's okay. I can't take it as like a personal insult to who I am. So yeah, that's, I feel like the big stuff that I learned during that time. And so now everything is perfect. Just, just kidding. Not at all. And I told her, I told Rachel, I was going to say that, but I mean, seriously, I am very much still learning all these things. It's weird how the enemy will especially as I was preparing to share this truth with y'all. I was having to remind myself of these very same things because it still comes up. But the good news, I think, is that it's it's becoming easier 
to preach the truth to myself and to believe it. I feel like I don't spiral down into those anxiety cycles quite as fast or as far anymore. So God is kind of gracious to hold me up in that, which is awesome. And the even better part is that God has provided some really sweet friendships for me and Troy. Told you I'd be squeaky, but but for real. And while God used those hard years to teach me some stuff that he needed to, he also blessed me, you know, with friendships. And now Troy feels like home. And we have a church family that we love. And I'm super grateful for that. I still find myself kind of overwhelmed when I leave time with our small group or just some friends that I'm like, wow, I I didn't see this happening. So that is so kind of God to do. And another cool thing is that now I get to serve in a role at my church um, where I get to think about and work towards helping people not feel like that when they're new and, um, and visitors because because I experienced that. I think that's God like redeeming that hard part of my story and then using it for, for his glory. And so I'm super thankful for that. And so I think the main thing that I learned for sure is just that God, he is faithful in the hard, like you said, and he, and he often teaches us in the hard, but he also blessed me, you know, like he, he, that's grace. He gave me above just teaching me and healing me, which is, which is so cool. So if I can share one more thing because it really goes with this and this is how I'd like to close. This is my favorite little children's book. So if you have little kids and don't have this book or if you know someone who's having a baby, it's so good. But it's called Found by Sally Lloyd-Jones and it's basically Psalm 23 just written a little differently for children. But I think it's good for grown-ups too. It just speaks to what God taught me and the story that I shared with you. God is my shepherd. And I am his little lamb. He feeds me. He guides me. He looks after me. I have everything I need. Inside my heart is very quiet. As quiet as lying still in soft green grass in a meadow by a little stream. Even when I walk through the dark, scary, lonely places, I won't be afraid. Because my shepherd knows where I am. And he's here with me. He keeps me safe. He rescues me. He makes me strong and brave. He is getting wonderful things ready for me, especially for me, everything I have ever dreamed of. He fills my heart so full of happiness, I can't hold it all inside. Wherever I go, I know God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love will go to. We thought that that was such a beautiful way to end her story by talking about Psalm 23. And if you're interested in that book, Found, we do have a link in our show notes for that as well. But before we actually hit record, we were just sitting here discussing how there are so many different parts of her story that we relate to. I mean, yes, it's loneliness and it's belonging, but it's also recognizing we have a friend in Jesus. And and even, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was this concept of wanting everyone to like me. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I want everyone to like me. And I, one of the things she said, I think she said something like, you know, I'm great, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to like me. <laughs> 
And and then, you know, her referencing, hey, Jesus himself only had 12 disciples. Yeah. I've heard that before, you know, that, but just, it was a good reminder. He only had 12 disciples and he only had an inner three. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so often I think we, especially in this world of social media, we want so many friends and so many likes and, yeah. and that's what we base our identity off wrong? of. <laughs> and it's what she said she based her identity off of. And then when that was stripped away from her, mm. she was like, who am I? It's something too, you know, we, I feel like it's something I talk to, especially because my kids are middle school and high school. It's something I talk to them about all the time. But mm-hmm. here we are in my mid 40s. And it is for sure something that comes up mm-hmm. on a regular, but it may look a little different. Right. But if you dig deep, I completely relate to, I'm pretty fun. Like, I think people like me. <laughs> Why doesn't me? everyone what like me? <laughs> well, and we've had discussions just around yeah. this table about, yeah, I'm 53 years old and I look at something that's going on on social media with, with people <laughs> in the community and you feel left out because yes. you were not invited. You were not yeah. included. I definitely related from the standpoint of a parent because, yes, those middle school years, especially with girls, are so difficult. But even high school and now my girls in college, mm. just watching college is a little more clicky than it was when we all went to college. I felt like when we were in college. Was it not clicky when we were in college? I, I didn't feel that way for some reason. But I, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to observe as a parent. And so the fact that the Lord would kind of bring this up and and use it to refine her in a new way. Yes, she struggled with if people liked her, but placing that value in what other people think of you. That really hit me between the eyes because I have been guilty. Y'all know I struggle with major FOMO. And so... And so kind of processing that and where you put your value really got me. Yeah. You know, Lindy, you saying all of that just reminds me of, you know, this past month in March, I did an audio devotion on the Lord is your portion. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me back of that, of just like God alone can satisfy us. And we look so often to the people in our lives to do that as well. The three points that she brought up in her story that God really worked on her on, those are three areas we could talk about for a while as well. Her marriage, her counselor, and then looking and finding, we used it as the quote at the beginning of her story, Jesus as her friend as well. Well, and you saying that the Lord is my portion, she said, you know, Jesus is my friend. I always have a seat at his His table. table. Oh, Oh, that just, it choked me up. It reminded me of elementary school. Yes, yes. And I will (laughs) say this. I used to tell my girls... Before they left in the morning, look for those who feel left Mm, out because their mother was struggling with FOMO and projecting (laughs) on them. I now know that. But look for those who feel left out. And And I love that Allie Grace is now serving in that role. And, you know, at the end, we got to hear the end of the recording when her story was over and there was a lot of real discussion. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a question and answer so much as talking. But she did discuss just how to love people well when they're new to a community or, you know, even if you're just new to a situation and it's things that are so simple. It was nothing profound. It was nothing we didn't know, but it's look for the lonely. She said she'll be standing at church with a group of friends and she'll go, you know what? We can have this conversation yes. later. Yes. I'm going to go look for the person standing by themselves. That mm-hmm. that spoke to me a lot. And I think it's so we feel insecure maybe in our Mm -hmm. own wanting to fit in. So we're certainly not looking for the lonely. We're certainly not looking to the other people. I have lived here really my whole life, despite about six year stint somewhere else. 
And how easy it is for me to just find who I feel comfortable talking right. to. Yeah. And, and, you know, what she said there, she was like, that they're in my small group. I can talk to them later. Mm-hmm. And it really spoke to me because yes. oftentimes I look for the people when I go to church often, I look for the people that I know, that you know, instead of looking for the one that's lonely. And, you know, here's something that I do want you guys to know. Next week's story speaks directly to this. Um, Tracy, who's our storyteller next week, talks about how God has given her the gift of looking for the lonely. And it's a, it's just a great layer to what Allie Grace told us in her story. I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about the marriage portion, oh, yeah. because I love how the Lord used this circumstance, used her insecurity to strengthen her marriage. I know as a wife, sometimes I will call my sister, I will call one of you before I talk to my husband. And that's that's an opportunity for intimacy mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm struggling with this and I don't need you to fix it because that's what a man <laughs> likes to do, but I digress. Um, but I, I just want you to listen. Yeah. And so I love that the Lord just used it as a, as a sweet way to strengthen their marriage. Yeah. And she even said, and it taught him how to do that, how to yes. be a listener instead yes. of a fixer. So God was working in yes, his life too. Right, right. We hope that y'all enjoyed this story as much as we did. If you found yourself in the story or you can think of a friend that needs to hear this, I know I've already got a list of people in mind to send this to. How I just know we'll relate and find encouragement in the fact that they are not alone. Yes, and let's all speak to someone new this week. Speak to somebody new in the grocery store or at church or at the ball field. Just mm-hmm. make Very a, good. strike yeah. up a conversation. Yeah, that's so true. Well, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.